welcome to Is That Embarrassing, an unfiltered and sometimes hilarious public airing of secrets and private thoughts. In each episode, I share secrets, listen to the secrets of my guests, all while debunking the stigma, self-consciousness, awkwardness, and feelings of embarrassment that sometimes surround these topics. Sometimes we don't even necessarily get into a secret, but we get into certain stigmas and debunking those. Um, I am your host, Stephanie Andrew. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, the episode is a day late because as previously stated, I am human. <laughs> um, I've been swamped with work this past week, also preparing to drive back to New York on Monday. Um, so things have just been crazy. I wanted to make sure I gave the episode recording and editing the right amount of attention and time. So, you know, you get a Friday special this week instead of a Thursday episode. Before jumping into this week's episode, as promised, I would like to fleet, uh, to feature, I can't talk. I would like to feature a Black-owned business, and this one's actually local to me, local to a lot of you guys, because a lot of my listeners are out of the New York City area, um, and the, the business is called Cuts and Slices um, NYC. Cuts and Slices. It is a pizza place, which I don't know about you guys, but I fuck with some pizza. <laughs> like, I love pizza, especially pizza in New York. We've got it good out here, you guys. Um, and we should take advantage of that by eating all of the pizza, especially from Cuts and Slices. Um, so Cuts and Slices is black owned. The owner, um, his name is Randy, and he he makes it really overwhelming when you walk to the window of cuts and slices because there are so many options and so many flavors that you haven't seen toppings that you haven't seen elsewhere um they have for example they have like a shrimp and lobster scampi pizza that is drizzled with garlic pesto they have vegan options they have a chicken cinnamon toast uh cinnamon french toast i think it is yeah i think it's chicken cinnamon french toast pizza um, and so I've been there once and my experience was phenomenal. The food was great. Um, I was very overwhelmed by, by my choices. And I also was so curious to the thought process behind this. And after reading an interview con uh, conducted by Black Owned Brooklyn, um, I found out that much of Randy's inspiration um, is inspired uh from 420 origins and so <laughs> it all makes sense um he said he pretty much smokes and comes up with cool ideas all the time and they work like they work so if you're in the Brooklyn area it is hot we don't want to be in our kitchen cooking and creating more heat right now head on down grab a slice of pizza from cuts and slices you can find them um I believe they're on Instagram I'll try to tag their page if they are um but they're located at 93rd Howard Avenue and so yeah hit them up get some pizza message me and tell me what crazy toppings you enjoyed so I'm going back to New York I'm so excited I'm really excited to hopefully be able to get into Gotham studio again um, you know, first of all, so that the sound quality is better for you guys. Second of all, so that I can hopefully, fingers crossed, meet with some of my guests face to face from a six foot distance because man, do I, I miss the studio. I miss, 
you know, seeing people in real life and having that connection. But I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for Zoom, which, um, you know, brought this week's episode to you guys. And this week's episode is with one of my dear friends, Kristen Manna. And she is incredible. Um, she is a comic. She is a writer. She is one of the sweetest human beings I've ever met. And we are talking about starting later in life. We're talking about what it's like to go back to college in your mid to late 20s or early 30s even. We're talking about, you know, pursuing things that other people may say are a waste of time and just really prioritizing passion over everything and answering your life's call. So um, I'm so excited to have her. I know you guys are going to love her. And let's get into it. dive into it. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So um, I already introduced you to everyone, but why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm Kristen Mana. Um, I I guess I am a stand-up, was a stand-up, I don't know. With yeah, this comedy, does comedy exist anymore? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, um, but I am a comedy writer, though, still, um, trying to be, um, I guess, filmmaker, uh, a twin. <sighs> you're a twin, you're, you, yeah, yeah, you're a twin. I'm don't a, I'm a daughter. Your- don't talk about your brother in front of me. I get really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> you literally met him. I know. I know. I just follow him on Instagram. I feel like that's enough. I don't think I should meet him. Um, I just think it's funny, like, on Instagram when people are like, I'm a mother. I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a brother. I'm a, they, like, list all the things that they are. Yeah, and you're just like, all right, cool. Like, that's what we do on headstones, too. Like, he was a brother, oh, yeah. he was a father. Like, what, is, what are we doing? He was, a, he was an uncle. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Um, cool. Well, you have a lot going for you. You are uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. You told me to tell everyone where I am. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> that's okay. I'm in, a, I'm in Queens. Yeah. Yeah. I used to stop saying too much. I'd say like too much of like personal things of where I am that I think I'm too trackable. Really? I don't. Well, I put my license plate number on my. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that, and I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "What is she doing? Why doesn't she just put her social security number out there too?" Yeah, I didn't. I took it down. I didn't take the story down because that's gonna disappear. But the post, I was like, I I didn't need like I took the photo and it looked cute. And like I put it on my story, cute. and I was like, oh, I'm going to post it. And I was killing it. I was killing it with likes. And I was like, oh, I haven't killed it this long, like, in a while. And then <laughs> I had a couple of people be like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. And I deleted it. And then I reposted one with me covering it up. And then it wasn't killing it, so I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, you got – so what happened? You got a car? Uh, my friend – gave me her old car that's awesome <laughs> I inherited a grandma car 
Um, I was using it when she was away um, and then her and her husband, I'm like best friends with them. They got a brand new car and me and Sean fixed it up when um, they were not here during the lockdown. And so they were like, oh, well, you can just take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and it makes yeah. it, so, so Sean's your boyfriend and he lives how far from you? Oh, I don't know the miles, but really far. A car, it's like a half an hour, but the train is like an hour 20. Yeah, so to have to have the car and also not only the time that it saves, but just not having to like be on a train where you're possibly exactly. um, exposing yourself to people who may be sick. Yeah, I haven't been on a train since March. Um, and I think I could maybe start going back, but now that I'm not going to school, now the school's going to be online and I'm not working in the city anymore, it's like, I really, like, it would break up my day, like, I would go to school, and then go to the house, but now it's like, am I not really sitting on the train for, like, almost an hour and a half? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I would have so much anxiety. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm coming back to New York on Monday, um, the third, and I'm like, I have been looking at little fiats and, like, smart cars as well, because, yeah. it, because I'm like, what the, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> But there's uh, more bikers. You can ride a bike. So this is the thing. I'm actually in the process of potentially moving to um, a really incredible apartment in Brooklyn. It's like one bedroom. It has a patio in the front, patio in the back. And so with the patios and the amount of space, I would actually have space for a bike. And it's a brownstone. It's the lower level of a brownstone. But right now, I live on the third floor of an apartment that is already yeah. very small. And so, and I regardless of all of that, regardless of storage and the apartment situation, I am deathly afraid of being the person that gets hit by a car and killed because I could see that. I could see that. They're so brave, these bikers. Like, I thought about it for a minute, but, like, they're so, like, they just go right in front of you, like, the car, like, they just don't care. Even the ones that are, like, cautious, like, look at Mara. She, Mara was a uh -huh. guest. Everyone knows who she is. She is a professional cyclist, and she's yeah. cautious as fuck, and she's been hit numerous times, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and so I'm like, if it's happened to her, it's surely going to happen to me, and I just, I don't know that I would survive it. She's much tougher than I am. So, but a bicycle, I did think yeah. like, if I get this apartment, it's actually in Greenwood. So it's a little bit further south than I am now. Um, mm -hmm. And to get to like my current hood, um, uh, Park Slope, where there's like a lot of bars, grocery stores, all of that. It's yeah. like a, a 15 to 17 minute walk. But I'm like, I would at least use a bike for that and to like bike around Prospect Park and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's safer. Like, it's, you're not biking in like mid well midtown's dead now but you're not biking like in manhattan yeah the car if I, if, if I got a car it would strictly be for like going back to work but even then i have to figure out like okay where am i gonna park it new york is just it's a shit show to live in it's a disaster like i'm like is anything yeah. in this city convenient ever and then you just like slap a pandemic on it and it gets even more difficult that's the thing, the subway, you're like, oh, this is awesome. It's kind of weird to, like, be so close to other people and not make eye contact with them. And now there is this, like, like whole thing. And you're like, I don't want to be around anyone. And I don't want to be locked in a closed space. So it's like, yeah, the thing that was convenient is not anymore. Yeah, I know. I That was my favorite thing. I Every time I come back home, the first, like, few days, I'm like, I love driving because I can just drive and, um, 
like blast my music and drive mm -hmm. aimlessly and have that like high school nostalgia. But after a yeah. few days, I'm like, yeah, I never want to drive anymore. This is so inconvenient that like, I can't just like yeah. read a book while I'm getting somewhere or listen mm -hmm. to, I mean, I guess I could still mm -hmm. listen to podcasts, but you know, yeah. it's very, very annoying. Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned that school's online. What are you going to school for? Um, writing. Okay. It's still not a lucrative thing to go to school for. <laughs> No, I mean, I think, so I, I posted recently on my personal Instagram and we'll, this is kind of where we're going to like dive into, this will be the topic of the episode, which I'm sure we'll get off track, but that's perfectly fine. Um, but I had posted on Instagram recently, like what, uh, you can post and ask a question and people can answer. And I posted like, if you could have chose any career field, field, what would you have chosen? Why? Um, or why didn't you rather and there were so many people who responded and most of the people were like you know job I didn't I didn't apply like I didn't study it because of job outlook because I wasn't going to make a lot of money because my parents discouraged me all of this stuff mm -hmm. I think it's really incredible that like you know that it's not going to be the easiest thing to do but you're still pursuing it anyways yeah thank you I just wanted and that's the thing I didn't go to school when I was 20 I went to an acting school for like a year and then I like didn't go to school and then now I, I was always I always felt like I'd miss out on something and then when I decided to go back to school I was like okay I know this is what I want to do I know that I'm not great at like I have some things like technically I'm not good at why don't I just go back to school and learn as much as I can and at least have that degree I never had so when you were right out of high school, did you go into college or did you kind of like take a gap period of time? No, I went to an acting conservatory. I thought like, that's what I wanted to do. And everyone's always like, don't go to acting school and you're young and you just don't listen. And then as an adult, you're like, mm, why did I do that? Acting school. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm glad that I never finished it because then I would have this degree and be in all this debt. Um, I'm just in some debt, um, but that was when I did decide to go back for writing. I was like, okay, this is something that now that I'm like in my thirties, this is something that I'm planning to do for a while. Um, I, I do know some things about like film production, but I'm like, why don't I just, while I'm doing all this stuff, go to school and just I get, get more confident in what I'm doing because I've been winging it. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I mean, the whole purpose of school is to learn and to have the opportunity to learn from people who have experience in the field that you're pursuing. So at what age did you decide to start, like to go back to school and start studying writing? It was so, it happened so quick. So last year I was doing more writing. I've been doing stand-up for like almost nine years now. And I've always just liked the writing aspect. Like I do like performing, um, but I just wanted to like write for TV and, you know, I worked for some blogs and stuff and I was just like, okay, this is what I really want to do. I also like, am like my grammar's terrible. I'm very dyslexic. I always thought that that was going to hold me back. And so I was like, okay, let me just take a bunch of writing classes, like to technically get better. And at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I should take a, some script classes because I haven't in a while. And I just wanted to take all these classes and then I was like, oh, I might as well just go back to school yeah. <laughs> and at least get a degree if I'm going to pay all this money 
at least to get that degree I never had, but I've always been like self-conscious about. And then, um, so I applied in like February to the new school. Um, I got in in May and then I, by June, I was already taking summer classes. Okay. And you, so you, so you were 30, 31? I was 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's an awesome thing. Um, I, I recently decided to go back to school. Now I went to college out, out of like right out of high school. And then Mm -hmm. after my first year, I took a gap year and then I switched my major like three or four times. And the reason behind every single switch was, well, the reason I switched it the first time was because everyone in my life was telling me, that I wouldn't make money um, if I studied psychology. And so I was like, that scared me out of it. And then every major change after that was because I wasn't doing something I was passionate about. So I would get like halfway through the degree or a quarter of the way through the degree. And I'd be like, I'm already miserable. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. And so I ended up studying business administration and, you know, I'm, I'm 27. And so I'm getting up there. The thirties are, I can smell them. They're real close. And I had a moment like during quarantine about two weeks ago, and I wasn't actually going to even talk about this publicly, but fuck it. I'm really bad at keeping my own secrets. I'm good at keeping others though. Um, but so I had a moment two weeks ago and I, can't even explain it. I just woke up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't work a job where I'm just like mildly content. And I know I'm going to end up having to change jobs in a couple of years because that's what my field looks like. And so I applied for a master's program and psychology, which is what I was studying. Congratulations. That's awesome. So I find out, um, I mean, everything's like, everything looks really great. I've been working with my advisor for two weeks, but I'll have my like official acceptance this week Mm -hmm. and then I'll enroll in classes in the fall. But I think it's such an important thing to talk about because we, we have a tendency as a society, I feel like once we turn like 25, we think the rest of our life is over. Like if we haven't done it yet, if we haven't done it yet, then there's no chance at us doing it. And I think that's just like a stigma and a mentality that we have to like smash. We have to kill it. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Well, one, everyone said it's crazy to like pick your job at 18 and go to school. and then You don't like, know anything about You don't know what you're going to do. But also it's crazy to think like everyone's like life is short. And it's like, and it's kind of not <laughs> really. No, it's not. And I feel like it feels <laughs> much shorter if you're like miserable doing whatever you're doing every day. Exactly. And it's like, how can you, for your whole life, like you're going to do the same thing for your whole life. Like, I think it's kind of cool that people, like when you meet someone and they're like 60 and they're like, oh, I did this and I did this. I had this job. And you're like, wow, you just, you, who's to say that you can't have multiple different careers in your lifetime. We are, do live kind of a long life. I think like, and like, I think that that's what people, like people don't do that. Like you, like even a lot of people I know, they're just like, I'm in this job because it's money. And I was bartending in Midtown for a long time. And almost every person was like, yeah, I just went this way for the money. And it's like, if you're not happy, money doesn't matter. Like money, I don't know why, like, yes, we need money. And, but especially now, I think during this quarantine, I think people are realizing, oh, my value of life 
needs to be better. Yeah. And we have to like, there's some quote about before we rush back to normal, let's take the time to like reevaluate what normal actually is. And that resonated with me. And I thought like, okay, this is a time period where I can actually really slow down and think about the parts of my life that I would like to change a little bit and what that's going to look like. No, I just think you're right. I think everyone is just so driven for success that they forget like, oh, when I die that no one's going to remember how successful I was, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's about taking care of your home and your soul more than some deadlines really. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the whole thing with money is it is great and it's necessary for us to live and, you know, um, meet our like essential needs. But mm -hmm. at the same time, there it's like, okay, you spend all of this money on the newest iPhone and you have the newest iPhone and you're like ranting and raving about how great the camera is and blah, blah, blah. And then, but what's going to happen in seven months? A new fucking iPhone is going to come out. Yeah. And you have this like unsatisfied, like, oh my God, now I don't have the next best thing. I have to get it. And it's like the like materialistic items. There's always going to be something that comes down the way that like, yeah. you're never going to be satisfied by them. You're just never going to be. And so it's like, you have to really like root your happiness in something other than things you can just buy. Yeah. Uh, someone pointed this out to me. I, I don't think I ever realized it, but she's like, well, when you have less, you don't need to spend that much. Like if you're living in a small space, your rent's not going to be as much. So you don't need as much. You don't need to be making as much. And I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you live in New York because a closet costs $2,000 to live in. That's true. But, but it's true. Like my house that I bought in Michigan, it's a very, like, it's a humble little cute two and a half bedroom basement and it required a lot of work. It was in like bad condition, but mm. my mortgage on it is less than $400 a month. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so for less than $400 a month to have a full ass house, I was like, I don't need something that's brand new inside and out. And it mm. because of the size of it. Yeah. It was just like so dirt cheap to live there. And that's how I saved enough money and like moved to New York and, you know, paid on my student loans before it came time to, and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a super valid point. So when you decided yeah. to when you decided to go back to school, what were some of the initial emotions? Like did you kind of second guess your decision at all? Um yeah, because I knew it was going to be a while. I knew I was going to be in my mid 30s. Um so I wasn't sure if I like was doing it too late. Um I also I was more nervous that that meant I had to give up like performing mm -hmm. I thought like okay now I'm gonna I'm not gonna, like I was already pushing myself to still do comedy so I'm like am I just gonna give up now um does this mean I gave up or um money also again was uh, like can I afford this so it but it all has worked out um I was able to still find time to do comedy and to still write and work with my writing partner and yeah, so the, so it was more like my time, like, will I be able to handle this? And, um, and the money aspect. Yeah. And how, um, how was it like adapting to going back to school? Like, how did you man? How did you manage all of your time? I, I'm thinking about that for myself, too, is I'm like, 
I'm working full time. My bills mm-hmm. in New York are outrageous. Like, and I'm going to be wor- like going to school. How, how, how? It, it was hard. Actually, honestly, before um, lock, the lockdown happened, my eye was twitching nonstop because I was so oh tired. <laughs> I was, I, I have a back injury. So like in the morning, 9am, I was at PT or the chiropractor. And then I would work. I was bartending in Midtown from like 10am to six. And then from six to eight or eight to 10, I was at school. So, and then in between that, I would like, I was running a comedy show and um, I was producing a film. So it was like, I was also trying to have a relationship. So it was, I was trying to cram a lot. And um, towards the end there, my eye was twitching a bit. Um, So, but now, now I know I'm like, okay, you don't need to have all those shifts. You can make a little less money and have more time to do what's important. Not that that wasn't important, but to prioritize things. Um, So it is hard um, to do it all. Um, My first year, I did go part-time to kind of wean myself into it. And um, last semester, I ended up taking four classes. And so this upcoming year, I'll be taking five classes a semester. And so I kind of weaned it in to see how to see the workload and how much and to kind of moderate how much I was able to handle yeah do you think there's a a stigma I've always struggled with even just I mean because I took a gap year and I traveled and I did some stuff um I always struggled with the fact that like when my friends who were my age were graduating I wasn't graduating yet and then now it's like kind of uncomfortable to even be like mm, I'm like you thinking about going back to school or I'm going back to school because it's like all right well like she's been there she's done that you know like you're gonna be 35 when you graduate if you decide to go for your doctorate like what what are you thinking you know all my friends have been so supportive they've been so helpful they're always like send me your essays I'll help you proofread like everyone's been so supportive and I think like that's like, why wouldn't you support someone for going back to school? Why would you not support someone for trying to better themselves? Yeah, and I don't think, that's not to say, I don't think anyone in my, like, everyone that I've told, which I've only told a few people until this happened, yeah. everyone's been so supportive, but I always have this idea in my mind of, like, are they secretly judging me? Like, no, no, I think that's just, like, your own insecurity with it, because I feel that way. I'm like, oh, God, I'm gonna be, like, 34, and yeah. I'm just gonna be at a- I want to be an intern in my 30s like it, it's kind of funny but it's like oh okay I yeah. have a 20 year old as my boss but it I don't know I just think it's it, nothing matters anymore <laughs> so I did um like a few episodes ago I someone had wrote in about like going to college blah 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 or no that she wrote in I believe saying that she felt like um she like didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. She was, I think, 30. She didn't have any direction, really any hobbies. And she's like, I just feel like I'm always going to be like the single awkward aunt sitting in the corner of like family functions. And I, in the episode, I had talked about like all of these celebrities and like well-known people in history who were successful beginning in their 40s like you know fashion designers who didn't make their first dress until they were 42 and so I do think that like when we look at the big picture 
you know, it's easy to amp ourselves up, but sometimes when we're not, when we, when our journey and our process doesn't look like other people's, especially people in our lives, it's easy to like get in our head about it and you have to combat oh, yeah. that self-doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad and I had a conversation because my dad was the, a big one, love him to death, favorite person. Um, but he mm. honestly, and he admitted to it too, he was a big one that when I said I want to study psychology out of high school, he was like, you're not going to make any money, you know? And, um, and I'm a person who like values my family's opinions. Now I'm at an age where I can value them, but still do what I think is best for me, which is you, mm. I think you learned learn that in life at some point um but he had told me he was like you know and I never imagined in a million years he would say this that this would come from him but he's like we over prioritize money like we prioritize money over passion all of the mm -hmm. time and like this is what I would have done if money wasn't a factor and and just like hearing that come from him I was like it, it was really comforting and so and my goal is this is the thing too is okay, you know, the median for psychology or the median for writing may not be great, but like, we're not average. Like, that's the average, right? We're not average. And so what's to say that I don't study psychology and write a book that sells millions of copies? Like, we just don't know exactly. until you do it. What's the- Exactly. What's to say that like, you're not gonna get like signed by some huge show to write, you know? And you're gonna be in writer's rooms for hours, like pursuing yeah. your dream. I don't know why it is that we think like, oh, I didn't make it by 30, I failed. And it's like, mm, actually, you still could make it. You have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. You could make it at 70. I mean, probably not, but you could. I'm a person who feels really called to things in life. Like if I'm drawn mm -hmm. to something, that doesn't go away. Like I was drawn to psychology from eighth grade. Um, when I first took a psych course and like that's never gone away. And so I feel like if I were to not do this in three years, I'm going to reach another point where I'm like unfulfilled, unsatisfied. And then it's like, yeah, I've lost three more years of like almost being done with school, doing what I want and like being in the field. Yeah. Honestly, I would rather my psychologist be older anyway. Yeah. <laughs> to have lived a life and then have become a psychologist rather than, yeah, I became a psychologist at 23. Like, you know, yeah. Well, that's another thing with the the field specifically is I'm like, I want to help people, but like, what about, like, I'm so fucked up myself sometimes. Like, but then it's, it's so interesting. I've talked to so many um, therapists, psych uh, psychiatrists recently, and all of them are like, yeah, no, I'm in therapy. Like I have trauma, I have PTSD and I'm like, cool. Okay. So we're all just human. No, uh -huh. Yeah. The therapists aren't like, I, I can't think of a word, but they're not. They're just, they're like you and me. Yeah, they're human. They're not exempt from life. I, mm -hmm. um, Thomas Whitfield, he's going to be on, um, on an episode soon. He recommended this book called Love's Executioner. And mm -hmm. he and I were kind of talking about it because I finished the first um, story out of it. And it's really this, um, this, psychiatrist I believe he is um who he like shares the story of some of his patients and but the way that he shares these stories you get his in, like his internal narrative right and so mm -hmm. it's just so interesting to see the human side to a therapist and I was like fascinated by like they're human they just have to learn like how to turn off that 
that human. Do you think they judge us? You think my therapist is just judging me? This is the <laughs> is I told, I messaged Thomas and I was like, so one thing is I'm like really self-aware of like, is my therapist judging me now? Because I was like, ha, ah, I thought her mind worked a certain way, but now I know she's probably like, why did this bitch text him again? Why did she text him again? Why did she go over I wonder- my last therapist, I, cause I didn't have insurance at the time. So I was going to like a school. So she was like my age and she was really wonderful and really like helped me transform. But she, um, there were many times where I was like, I don't know if she, she's going to think I'm a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she thinks of me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, though, it's like you said, when you in that field specifically, the more life experience you have, I feel like the more empathy and like understanding you have for others. Um, she was awesome I liked she was awesome and she understood things because we were the same age but then after her I went to a girl that was definitely like 24 and she tried to give me handouts she's like do this do these meditation handouts at home and I'm like girl yeah you, you have to read the room and it depends like I my therapist in Michigan is the best human I have and ever will meet mm-hmm. and love her more than anything in this world I miss her and it pretty much hourly basis. I miss her. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I moved to New York, I had to change things up and, uh, but she, she gave me homework twice, but it was so relevant and applicable to like what was going on. It wasn't like here, go meditate for 15 minutes. It was like deep, like core searching work, you know? Um, so yeah, you have to, I I think that it works sometimes, but only right. I got enough homework. (laughs) I don't need homework from my therapist. My new therapist tried giving me like, write a letter. And I was like, and this one's that she's, this one's like, she's like a hippie. She's maybe 80. I don't know how old she is. I don't know how she remembers things I tell her, but she is loony and I, I kind of like it, but also definitely I'm kind of like, Oh God. But, oh man, it is, it is, finding a therapist is, is like finding a soulmate, really. It is. I've, I've talked about it before, but I went through a handful before I found the one that, the one that I liked. And I, it was so weird, but I just like remember sitting in my car and because I thought maybe I'm giving up on therapists too soon, you know, and I had made a, an appointment with this woman and just talking to her on the phone, I was like, oh, I feel like this is the one, like, I just felt like, like a connection even over the phone. And, and I just remember sitting in the car and being like, all right, universe, like, give me some kind of sign, give me some kind of sign. Cause I was pretty much giving the therapists like probably three sessions before giving up on them, to be honest, which probably wasn't long enough now that I think back. Um, but so I walked in, our first session was incredible and at the end she goes um she goes have you ever listened to a podcast called guys we fucked which was like my favorite podcast Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson and I about so uh on it (laughs) I fell about out of my fucking chair and I was like that was it that was the sign you're the like like I just knew we were on the same wavelength and that she was gonna get me and I liked that she was she wasn't because the first girl I went to was like 25 or 26. And I was like, you know, nothing like you're like my sister. And then the second woman I went to was a lot older. I think she was probably mid sixties, if I had to guess. And then my therapist I landed on was 
I would say like 34 or 35. And I think because she had a little bit of age on me, but she wasn't like in a completely different stage of life. um, It just balanced out. It worked perfectly. Yeah, that's it. We're also not knocking down 24 year olds. No. Some no. of them might be good, just in case, just in case someone. Yeah, everyone has, no, yeah, don't get mad, don't, don't DM us, um, everyone has different preferences, though, exactly. you know, and they're actually the, the really young therapist that I went to, she, she's the one who, um, made a, a point about, like, my attachment style, which I wasn't familiar with attachment styles at all, and she oh, told yeah. me, she, anxious attachment, yeah, and she told me she was, like, I remember being so annoyed that she said this because it was so spot on. She's like, do you think that you um, specifically like attract yourself to men who rely on you? Because if they depend on you for something, then they're less likely to leave. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) It's like a hundred percent. Like as, as soon as she said that, I was like, Oh, I never would have. And so, yeah, it doesn't matter how old which you are. Atta- which attachment was that? Because uh, I read all about this. I don't remember, but I feel like it was possibly anxious. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what her point was. Um, yeah, it, it was possibly oh, wow. anxious, though. The first service I went to, I had one session, and he literally, I just talked to him in my life, and he goes, yeah, you had issues. And I was just like, I walked out and like, screw this guy and then like them being in therapy for years later with someone else I was like oh yeah that guy he called me out real real good yep he knew he knew yeah so um let's see so so secure comfortable with intimacy autonomy and close relationships self-confident resolves conflict constructively that's not me um I think I think that it was probably preoccupied, um, which is also anxious. Um, yeah. Overly invested and involved in close relationships, dependent on others for self worth. Um, approach. I feel most people have anxious attachment. Yeah. I feel like that's the majority of yeah. people. Like you're anxious, you get attached to people, and you're scared they're going to leave you because you rely on them for happiness. I think that that, as you get older, that probably weans out or when you start loving yourself, it's just about not loving yourself. So you rely on people to love you for you, which we shouldn't do. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm mostly like, obviously I, I try to actively work towards, um, sit like secure a secure attachment style but I think Mm -hmm. that I'm probably more so avoidant fearful which is like but the thing is is there's things I can pick out of it like that wouldn't tell me being dependent in dependent in relationships and I'm not really dependent um Mm -hmm. but like another factor of it is like having low self-esteem having high anxiety in relationships yeah a negative view of self and and so and also like I think a lot of people who have that fearful attachment, like want, they like want connection, but they also avoid connection. And I feel myself doing that too, because they're like, I'm in a period right now where I'm just not dating because I'm trying to get my shit together. And I'm just trying to, like, I'm very happy. I'm very, very, I'm the happiest I've been in a long time. And I'm not trying to let a guy fuck it up. And so I'm just being alone. Um, But I think that like, 
in the past when I reflect on people I didn't date but kind of like talk to, as soon as it like gets serious, I dip out. Like it's like, it's almost like I lose interest, but also I think that's a way of me being avoidant. Like I think maybe I am losing interest, but maybe I'm just like, I sense that the commitment and like the attachment's getting real and I'm like, all right, time to dip. I'll find yeah. one reason. You're like, uh, this is too real and you're in my space and I'm scared of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, it, it's, fu- it's all fun and games until like they actually mm. want to be with you. That's why I'm the queen of like unrequited love. I love people who don't love me and that definitely, I've worked through it a lot in therapy, but it definitely goes back to that attachment style. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, so we've like talked about all kinds of stuff, which is good. I love that. That's what we usually do. Back to college. Once you get out, like graduate, what would your ideal plan be? Like, what do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I'm supposed to know. Um, I don't know. Um, I will say I got some real good health insurance at school. So, uh, really, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, the health insurance I have through school is so great that my PT is like, um, your insurance covers everything. So I know that this is probably, I shouldn't say that this is my plan, but I would like to like have a baby. And if that insurance is going to cover it all, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, my, I, I would just like to be working on like in like creative development or in like that world like yeah I'm in school for writing and I find that I don't really fit into the writing program so much because my background is in film and tv like right like that's what I mainly want to do so if I can work and to be like I want to be a tv writer it's like yeah I could try but like like how you could do it it's my dream but like also like what else could I do too and I'm like maybe like just working in production somehow I just love all that so if it is development or um or just writing or in some or editing I'm really into editing right now um so anything really I think it's I think it's good that you like know what you ideally would like to do, but you're also realistic Mm. that that isn't always the outcome. So like, what is my backup plan? I think that's great. Just something like, and that's the thing I was thinking yesterday, like I'm really getting into editing and I think like to be an editor, you need to be a good writer because you're editing the visually you're putting the script together too. Um, So like something like that, where I could still, because when you're writing and sending scripts out, like it is not, the money isn't stable. So if I can do something where I can have an income, where I can still meet with my writing partner and and pitch things, then that would be um, cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, whatever you do, I think that you're, you're gonna be happy doing it. And I think that it's gonna be, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like living the bar life and doing that. But I think it's going to be a little bit more fulfilling and like consistent for you. Yeah, I mean, the bar life, it's fun, but my back hurts a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. And, and it's, I, 
it's like I would I worked at a bar when I was younger and even now like mid-20s I'm like yeah no I'm too tired <laughs> like I can't. I, it hurts uh, my doctor is like you should start wearing compression socks so I like literally just ordered that and I'm like oh um, my should God. I get my should I get my nose pierced like I'm really starting to feel I need something to feel young <laughs> again um I just got compression socks to bartend um but that's the thing in this field in the field when you're a creator you have to do something else you can't just always it's hard to consistently make money creating. So to have another day job that at least if you have a day job that you love while you can still create, I think then, then, then you won. Yeah. How, how was your significant other about this? Let's talk about him. Like how was he, he was supportive through the whole transition. About my school? Yeah. Oh, he's so great. Yeah. Um, well, we, we, we were only dating a month when I got into school so he has definitely been um through the whole process um and he's so supportive he actually takes some classes too for art here and there just to fresh up um so he also is very driven and also um always trying to better himself too so when I first was not sure he was he's he's been very supportive about it and he um I will be in school sometimes at his house now that everything's remote and he lets leave me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, How long have you been together? Um, over a year. Yeah. It's, but, good. yeah. it's good to have like that support, I think too. Like you can do it without it, but sometimes I feel like whether it's a significant other, a close friend, a parent, like on the days when you are just like, why the fuck am I doing this? What did I get myself into? Or like you're overwhelmed to have someone who's like, no, you can do this. I'll let, like you do homework, I'll cook dinner or whatever it looks like, you know, to have that support. Exactly. It's important. I took a children's book writing class last semester and he, since he's an illustrator, like he, I like had to illustrate my stuff, but he like drew a photo for me so I could see my character. Like he definitely like helped me, he helped me brainstorm. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool. It's I think in your relationship, I talk about this with my twin brother a lot, is like you want to be with someone who helps you move forward. You don't want to be in a relationship where the person is pulling you down. Where yeah. like you feel like you have to you're dragging like they're dead weight like the you're the person you end up with should be the person you both are moving forward together and supporting each other yeah that's so important because I've been in well no I haven't been in both relationships but I've been in the bad kind like I've not been I've not been dead weight (laughs) yeah I've not been in a relationship really with anyone who like had the same drive as me like I will say the last guy I dated he was like very educated he had a good job he was driven but like he didn't know how to manage money and like he pulled me down financially a lot like a lot like I I it's I'm almost I'm close to paying off the credit card debt that I like that I accumulated in that relationship (sighs) which is hard because I learned so much in therapy but I you know it goes back to that what that therapist said about like do you think that these people are dependent on you? And then you know that they won't mm. leave because of that. And so for me, it was like, it's why am I, man. yeah, why am I giving, giving, giving? Why, when he says jump, when he says buy this watch, when he says, I want this, I want that. Why am yeah. I jumping to buy it? And I think it all, no. it rooted back to like insecurity. Like, oh, if I get him this, he's not going to leave. Like he's going to be happy. And that's just, 
that's toxic. So you need to receive you, you stop giving and just start receiving. Yeah. You know, you, you know that, you know, I'm, I mean, I love giving though. Every time you're like, what do I give this person? I'm like, I I know you are going to give. You're a very good gift giver. <laughs> love gift giving. It's it's like my love language, but I have to like have. Do balance. you not like getting gifts? If someone got you gifts, you'd be like, oh no, I don't deserve this. I don't really know because it hasn't happened in a long time. Like outside of yeah. family. No, I think that I'm really. I think I'm. I've gotten better about being receptive. I think I used to be awkward, but like for example, two of my coworkers, Leah and Avery, they're like one, like two of my closest friends in New York. Mm-hmm. And I just had like a really stressful few weeks of quarantine and they sent me this super cool beeswax candle in the shape of a skull. You put, yeah, you posted that. Yeah, That's I posted so nice. it on my story and they sent me like some, some of this like, like organic honey off of whatever. And so it, it was just like, I was really receptive and appreciative of that. And it was, re- that was so thoughtful. Um, so I think, yeah. I don't think so I don't get as awkward about it now. I think like in relationships, whether it's friendships or like, like relationship relationships or just like sibling relationships, like the, the you guys, like the people need to meet in the middle. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of times there's always one person giving more and mm-hmm. not receiving. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And, and you have to have some kind of balance. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. I, I, I've always been an overgiver and I'm learning to not be that way as much. I think like this last guy that I was interested in, not to say like he broke me, but I think after that, I was just, it really made me, cause I, I like was, I tried to be really thoughtful in that like friendship and I tried to like really go out of my way to make him feel like cared for and yeah. I care about his happiness, and then I oh, think, I remember. yeah, and I think after, it just, like, put me to this point of reevaluation where I'm, like, I'm not going to change who I am, because I love that I, like, am caring, and that I think about others the way that I do, but I am limiting this with men moving forward, like, you have to really earn it and reciprocate yeah. it, otherwise, 100%. otherwise, I care for you, like, you deserve to also get, like, be treated yeah yeah so it's a it's a hard life lesson but you know what are you gonna do but Mara and I had talked about like this analogy of you're running a race when you're running a race you want to like be running with someone who's at the same pace as you and going in the same direction as you and so the goal is like that you just and she added on to the analogy which was so beautiful but I was like the goal is that you know, you're running and eventually you're going to look over and someone's just like running next to you, same pace, same yeah. direction. And she's like, yeah. And then they, they hand you a bottle of water. And I was like, oh my God, exactly. Like they just like meet oh. you where they are and they, they like, you know, they like push you, they push you harder and they push you further. And I think that if you don't have that, then I, it's yeah. not that the relationships won't last, but I think that they're a lot like more superficial you're a team yeah you, you have need to, to work as a team not as not as um not one person isn't the coach you're equal yeah absolutely well it's good that you know that he's supportive of it and that you went for it and are doing the thing yeah so yeah. far I'll let you know after I start taking the five classes I might be like I regret this I yeah won't. I know we'll have to do a follow-up episode and I I pretty much, so I, I was at TJ Maxx yesterday because everything, oh, woman, TJ Maxx. 
Me too. And everything's so much cheaper in, in Michigan and I have a car here. And so since mm. I'm driving back, I just like stocked up on a bunch of household stuff that I needed. And mm. there was on sale, there was a picture frame and it's a picture frame for like a diploma. And I almost just bought it. And I was like, I'm going to hang this on my wall and look at it every morning. Like you, you have. I know. And I'm still considering it. It sounds so tacky, but I'm just like, no, I want you to go back and get it. (laughs) You have to just like stay driven and remember like the end game because the process is so full of self-doubt. And I know there's going to be courses that discourage me. And I know there's going to be professors that make me think, is this the right field for me? But like, I think learning to like, listen to your intuition and let it lead is such an important thing in life. I think what you said earlier in the podcast, how you felt called to it. It's like, if you just trust your gut, like your gut knows all the answers. And I think our minds um, distract us and you're like, you're like, oh, I don't know if that's true. And, and, or you don't want to just believe it. But if you just like that feeling you get, you you just got to go with it. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, well, I, I'm glad that we got to talk about this and hopefully anyone who's listening out there who is thinking about going back to school or switching fields or picking up a new hobby, whatever it is, like whatever's stopping you just, just kind of, do it. yeah, like Nike says, just do it. Silence that voice that's telling you, you shouldn't, or you couldn't and just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not to say it's all rainbows and butterflies after you make the decision but you're definitely in uh, one step closer to the right direction I think everything is a lesson if not yeah oh absolutely um okay so before we end the episode you have shows and all kinds of stuff so is there anything that you want to plug your Instagram any uh, shows right now no I know, I know. <laughs> um I guess my Instagram at Kristen Mana. Um, I believe we're doing. Um, I have to talk to Ashley. We're gonna be doing a screening of our film online. Um, yeah, so we're gonna be doing that soon. Um, but in terms like, of, we should do a small viewing party at your place, like four or five people. At my house <laughs> or at mine. Well, I'm I'm in like freaking BFE compared to you though. I, um, we were going to do it on Zoom, but now people seem to be going outside now. Oh, maybe I'll do it in like my well, mom's backyard. Oh yeah. So I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't mean for everyone, like still do it on Zoom, but then just have like some of your closest friends come to the house. Oh. Want to hang out with my brother? No, no, no. I was offered <laughs> to do it at my house. It has nothing to do with Anthony. But, oh my God, he's not allowed to listen to this episode. Um, but no, Mara's back here. She's like staying in that place. Maybe maybe the backyard we could do something. I miss her so much. I do too. I miss her. I have not seen her since October. Oh, wow. Almost a year. I got to yeah. ask her. I've been on my mind that I need to be like, yo, how's life going? Because we've yeah, been we, keeping track. Yeah, we've been talking a lot since quarantine, but yeah, I haven't seen her. I mean, we're pretty much like living together for a short period of time. And then I went from seeing her like all day, every day to not seeing her at all. And I'm like, I'm deprived. So yeah, I definitely, she's one of the Yeah, let's get together soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll plug uh, your Instagram in the post and all of that. I'll tag you in it. Um, But yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me. It was nice to just talk to you again. Mm -hmm.